0: Listening to From the Friars Podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord give you his peace. Good morning. Um, I want to speak a little bit this morning about the freedom of Jesus. The freedom of Jesus. The Gospels present an image of Jesus as being supremely free in, in, in his life. And uh, it, there's a funny way that that freedom keeps popping up in so many passages of the Gospels. Um, today's Gospel is one of those where they wanted to kill him and he basically walks away and and we're told by john here his hour had not yet come so there is this discussion in a number of passages about his hour and uh there are a number of other moments where um he almost gets killed there's the uh, slaughter of the holy innocents when he's a baby the angel comes to joseph in the dream and they head out of town in the middle of the night possibly you know, minutes before the soldiers arrived. And um, then there's the uh, the temptations of the devil. He tries to, to uh, trick Jesus to throw himself off the, the pinnacle of the temple. There's the um, the moment where they want to throw him off the hill in, in Nazareth because <laughs> they're so offended by him. And uh, there's just a number of these moments where Jesus kind of keeps escaping. And, uh, and he you look at add all those together and then um, you also want to look at the moments where Jesus' divinity was more apparent. For example, uh, he's he's uh, whereas he doesn't change the stones into bread for the devil, but he will change the water into wine at the wedding or multiply, multiply the loaves and fishes or walk on water that's weird <laughs> um, well the transfiguration where it's like some kind of a foretaste of this divine glorified Jesus you know he's appearing with the cloud of the spirit and the voice of the father it's this theophany of the trinity and he's shining like the sun and you know amazing talking to Moses and Elijah so um this freedom of Jesus really, really becomes quite clear when you hold within your mind the reality that this guy was both God and man. That's the way the gospels present Jesus again and again and again. He, you know, there's this affirmation of a real humanity. That will get ironed out in the history of the church with the creeds and the dogmas, right? You know, all these different heresies that kind of wanted to somehow attribute not a real humanity. It's like no, he had a real human. It wasn't just like a show. It wasn't anything make believe. It wasn't um, it wasn't a costume that he put on. You know, like it was a real humanity, real human body, real human intellect, real human will real um, human, everything that's human, you know, <laughs> except without sin, okay? But sin is not essential to the nature of humanity, all right? There's a little philosophy for you. Um, so again and again and again, there's this, this affirmation of a real humanity, but then on the other hand, again and again and again and again, there's this affirmation of a real divinity, you know, not a demigod like the Gnostics, you know, like a lesser God or a, you know, hierarchy of beings within God, you know, he's consubstantial with us in his humanity. He's consubstantial with the Father in his divinity, a full divinity, um, sharing intellect and will with Father and Spirit, you know, like the, the whole Trinitarian theology. It's almost like human language keeps getting stretched because it doesn't have the capacity to express the mystery. You know, and you get the invention of terms such as Trinity, which is a word that basically you take the word for one and you take the word for three and you put them together in one word. I mean, the Germans do that all the time. Okay. Right. It's big, long words. It's just really words that have been kind of added together. Trinity, try and unity th- three and one. Um, so again and again, and again, there's this, this affirmation of his real divinity. Allow me to make a comment on that. He did not have a human person. Sometimes that gets a little fuzzy for people. He had a real human nature, but he had a real divine nature from all eternity, and his person is divine from all eternity. Second person of the Holy Trinity, the Eternal Son, the Word of God. This person is not human, his person was divine. And that person, in that person, is the place, if the church, like the place, the location of the union is in his person which is divine divine nature human nature divine person so okay but y'all know that but whoever might be hearing this it's just good to hear that not a human person that's not accurate divine person right back to our story so here's the deal when you realize that this guy was fully human and fully divine but in his person he was the divine person the member of the Trinity, you know, the Godhead, Um, and you realize that Jesus fully submits himself in his humanity and he allows, well, he ends up getting killed on the cross, but it's not the thing that that helps us to to wonder at the mystery is you realize it could have happened differently or he could have stopped it so many times they wanted to kill him and he stops it. He walks away because it wasn't his hour. So he he could have stopped it. And in some ways, you could say that the death of Jesus on the cross appears as the most human moment of his life. Like that is a very human moment to die. God cannot die. And the church fathers marvel at the paradox, right? That in his divinity, he did not have the ability to die, that it's in his humanity that he dies and he could have stopped it. He, could have, he tells Pilate, I could call my father, and he could send all these angels in here and stop this whole thing. He could have walked away like he walked on water. He could have manifested himself like the Transfiguration, um, all that stuff, but he doesn't. And in the liturgy, we say he freely entered into his passion. And in the way of the cross, when he gets condemned and they give him the cross, in that movie, Mel Gibson's *The Passion*, he embraces the cross and like kisses it. Like, okay, give me that. He grabs it. It's not like he unwillingly is like forced into doing this. So he's in control. He's in control. And um, but then his resurrection is could be seen in some ways as the most divine moment of his life. You know, it was three days in the tomb. Um, he could have resurrected from the cross right in front of everybody right like everybody watch him die slit his heart open with a staff the blood and water come out okay this guy's clearly a corpse now he's dead and then boom he resurrects right from the cross like 3 days in the tomb like all of that none of that was an accident it was all part of god's plan and it all means something you know his humanity his divinity his death his resurrection and the freedom with which Jesus went through all of that. Okay, so here's the takeaway. Here's the takeaway. We we're pondering these things, all right? And we realize that we're being invited to live our lives with the same freedom. You know, that we don't go through life just being victims of circumstances, we don't go through life um, having all this stuff happen to us. Rather, we're being invited. To grab this thing by the horns and ride it, you know, like uh, in freedom, in freedom, um, trusting in the Father. The things that he allows to happen are for the good. And um, that gets tested sometimes. But in those moments, it's a share in the passion of Christ. We, you know, we do it in freedom. And there are moments when that freedom is more clear for us. For example, at the altar when you get married. You know, there's all this preparation, there's all this like interviews and there's this paperwork that you do so that hopefully when you're at the altar and you say, I do, you're doing it freely. You know, you can't say I do with the shotgun pointed at your head. Okay, you know, and then for us with our vows and whatnot, you know, there's the paperwork you fill out and in the the liturgy, you're asked questions, you know. So and so like your name is announced and you get to stand up and say, I'm here it's, it's a strange affirmation of your freedom. And like, are you here freely? Or do you know what are you asking for? You know, like it's all very, it's public and it's official and it's being declared. And um, the moment of your ordination as well. You know, all of that, the church is asking us to make sure that the freedom is fully engaged at those moments um, and those are beautiful, and that's why it's important to have anniversaries. You remember those moments. But here's here's where it gets really juicy: is the normal, humdrum daily life. You know, can you imagine if if on a daily basis we had ceremonies where you had to like affirm that you're freely doing what you're doing? And you know, it's, it's not like that, right? Life happens. The sun goes comes up. The sun goes down. The planet spins round and round. Okay, and life happens. You, look in the mirror and you're getting grayer and wrinklier you know and you're getting older anyways it's a little projection of my own experience there but on the normal daily stuff we're being invited to not to react uh, to, to act in freedom what we're doing you know getting up off the floor um, a heroic moment <laughs> but even little things you know with your classwork. um You know, papers and, you know, the the things that are your obligations of your state in life, your duties, you know, whatever that might be uh, to do that freely for the love of God, to do that uh, fully engaged with your humanity and your, you know, your intellect and your will. Like, I I want this. I'm doing it. I'm um, I'm not a victim of happenstance, but I'm a fully engaged, free being. And that's part of what it means that we're made in his image and likeness. And that freedom is most fully realized when we love, when we love. And especially when we do little things with great love and uh, we make a sacrifice and prayer of our lives. And uh, that's that's the invitation that we have here. Just as Jesus went through life fully free, fully free. And then now in Christ, we become free and that we're invited to live lives as sons who uh, are receiving life from the love of the father and who are cooperating freely or struggling to cooperate freely and um, that is beautiful that is beautiful we will have our own death and resurrection our own share in the life of jesus and uh, that happens one day at a time one day at a time so here we are you know uh, we need to stop fantasizing about if only things were different or if only i could have won the lottery like all the way things i would do with that money it's like no no live in reality no more fantasy world uh but the the full reality with gratitude for what is even if it's difficult even if it's difficult and uh, that's the grace we pray for this day